0: G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcasts. Welcome also to our Christmas 2019 series, Jesus Christ, the Promised One of God, where we are hearing together some of the prayers, liturgy, and sermons of the Church through history, looking back to that first Christmas day. Today we have a short book by Henry Van Dyke, The Spirit of Christmas, originally published in the year 1905.
1: A dream story, The Christmas Angel. It was the hour of rest in the country beyond the stars. All the silver bells that swing with the turning of the great ring of light which lies around the land were softly chiming, and the sound of their commotion went down like dew upon the golden ways of the city and the long alleys of blossoming trees, and the meadows of Ashfordal and the curving shores of the River of Life. At the hearing of that chime, all the angels who had been working turned to play, and all who had been playing gave themselves joyfully to work. Those who had been singing and making melody on different instruments fell silent and began to listen. Those who had been walking alone in meditation met together and in companies to talk, and those who had been far away on errands to the earth and other planets came homeward like a flight of swallows to the high cliff when the day is over. It was not that they needed to be restored from weariness, for the inhabitants of that country never say, I am tired, but there, as here. The law of change is the secret of happiness, and the joy that never ends is woven of mingled strands of labour and response, society and solitude, music and silence. Sleep comes to them, not as it does to us, with a darkening of the vision, and a folding of the wings of the spirit, but with an opening of the eyes to deeper and fuller light, and with an effortless outgoing of the soul upon broader currents of life, as the sun-loving bird poises and circles upward without a wing-beat on the upholding air. It was in one of the quiet corners of the green valley called Peacefield, where the little brook of bright hopes runs smoothly down to join the river of life, that I saw a company of angels returned from various labours on earth sitting in friendly converse on the hillside, where cyclamens and arbutus and violets and fringed orchids and pale ladies' dresses and all the sweet-smelling flowers which are separated in the lower world by the seasons were thrown together in a harmony of fragrance. There were three of the company who seemed to be the leaders, distinguished not only by more radiant and powerful looks, but by a tone of authority in their speech, and by the willing attention with which the others listened to them. And they talked of their earthly tasks, of the tangles and troubles, the wars and miseries that they had seen among men, and of the best way to get rid of them, and to bring sorrow to an end. A Dream Story, The Christmas Angel, It was the hour of rest in the country beyond the stars. All the silver bells that swing with the turning of the great ring of light which lies around the land were softly chiming, and the sound of their commotion went down like dew upon the golden ways of the city, and the long alleys of blossoming trees, and the meadows of Ashfordal, and the curving shores of the River of Life. At the hearing of that chime, All the angels who had been working turned to play, and all who had been playing gave themselves joyfully to work. Those who had been singing and making melody on different instruments fell silent and began to listen. Those who had been walking alone in meditation met together and in companies to talk. And those who had been far away on errands to the earth and other planets came homeward like a flight of swallows to the high cliff, when the day is over. It was not that they needed to be restored from weariness, for the inhabitants of that country never say, I am tired. But there, as here, the law of change is the secret of happiness, and the joy that never ends is woven of mingled strands of labour and response, society and solitude, music and silence. Sleep comes to them, not as it does to us, with a darkening of the vision, and a folding of the wings of the spirit, but with an opening of the eyes to deeper and fuller light, and with an effortless outgoing of the soul upon broader currents of life, as the sun-loving bird poises and circles upward without a wing-beat on the upholding air. It was in one of the quiet corners of the green valley called Peacefield where the little brook of bright hopes runs smoothly down to join the river of life, that I saw a company of angels, returned from various labours on earth, sitting in friendly converse on the hillside, where cyclamens, and arbutus, and violets, and fringed orchids, and pale ladies' dresses, and all the sweet-smelling flowers which are separated in the lower world by the seasons, were thrown together in a harmony of fragrance. There were three of the company, who seemed to be the leaders, distinguished not only by more radiant and powerful looks, but by a tone of authority in their speech, and by the willing attention with which the others listened to them. And they talked of their earthly tasks, of the tangles and troubles, the wars and miseries that they had seen among men, and are the best way to get rid of them, and to bring sorrow to an end.
2: Part 2. The Archangel Michael The earth is full of oppression and unrighteousness. The earth is tormented with injustice, and the great misery that I have seen among people is that the evil hand is often stronger than the good hand, and can beat it down. Am I not Michael? the tallest and most powerful of all the great king's angels. Listen, my voice is deep and strong. Look, here is my shining armour and this long two-handed sword hanging over my shoulder. Yes, I am Michael, the mightiest one among the warriors of the king and the executor of the divine judgments upon the unjust. The arm of the cruel, is heavier than the arm of the kind. The unjust get the better of the just and tread on them. I have seen tyrant kings crush their helpless folk. I have seen the fields of the innocent trampled into bloody ruin by the feet of conquering armies. I HAVE SEEN THE WICKED NATION OVERCOME THE PEOPLES THAT LOVED LIBERTY AND TAKE AWAY THEIR TREASURE BY FORCE OF ARMS. I HAVE SEEN POVERTY mocked BY ARROGANT WEALTH AND PURITY DEFLOWERED BY BRUTE VIOLENCE AND GENTLENESS AND FAIR DEALING BRUISED IN THE WINE PRESS OF INIQUITY AND PRIDE. THERE IS NO CURE FOR THIS EVIL but by the giving of greater force to the good hand. The righteous cause must be strengthened with might to resist the wicked, to defend the helpless, to punish all cruelty and unfairness, to uphold the right everywhere, and to enforce justice with unconquerable arms. Oh, that the host of heaven might be called, arrayed, and sent to mingle in the wars of men, to make the good victorious, to destroy all evil and to make the will of the king prevail. We would shake down the thrones of tyrants and loose the bands of the oppressed. We would hold the cruel and violent with a bit of fear and drive the greedy and fierce minded humans with the whip of terror. We would stand guard with weapons drawn about the innocent, the gentle, the kind, and keep the peace of God with the sword of the angels.
1: As he spoke, his hands were lifted to the hilt of his long blade, and he raised it above him, straight and shining, throwing sparkles of light around it, like the spray from a sharp prow of a moving ship. Bright flames of heavenly ardour leaped in the eyes of the listening angels, a martial air passed over their faces as they longed for the call to war, but no silver trumpet blared from the battlements of the city of God, no crimson flag was unfurled on those high secret walls, no thrilling drumbeat echoed over the smooth meadow, only the sound of the brook of bright hopes was heard tinkling and murmuring along the roots of the grasses and flowers, and far off a cadence of song drifted down from the inner courts of the palace of the King.
0: Part 3
1: Then another angel began to speak, and made answer to Michael. He, too, was tall, and wore the look of power, but it was power of the mind rather than that of the hand. His face was clear and glistening, and his eyes were lit with a steady flame which neither leapt nor fell. Of flame also were his garments, which clung about him, as the fire enwraps a torch burning where there is no wind, and his great wings, reaching to a point far above his head, were like a living lamp before the altar of the Most High. By this sign I knew that it was the Archangel Uriel, clearest in vision, deepest in wisdom of all the spirits that surround the throne.
3: I hold not the same thought as the great archangel Michael. Nor, though I desire the same end which he desires, would I seek it by the same way. For I know how often power has been given to the good, and how often it has been turned aside and used for evil. I know that the host of heaven, and the very stars in their courses, have fought on the side of a favoured nation. Yet pride has followed triumph and oppression has been the first-born child of victory. I know that the deliverers of the people have become tyrants over those whom they have set free, and the fighters for liberty have been changed into the soldiers of fortune. Power corrupts itself, and might cannot save. Does not the Prince Michael remember how the angel of the Lord led the armies of Israel and gave them the battle against every foe, except the enemy within the camp, and how they robbed and crushed the peoples against whom they had fought for freedom, and how the wickedness of the tribes of Canaan survived their conquest and overcame their conquerors, so that the children of Israel learned to worship the idols of their enemies, Moloch and Baal and Ashtoreth. Power corrupts itself and might cannot save. Was not Persia the destroyer of Babylon, and did not the tyranny of Persia cry aloud for destruction? Did not Rome break the yoke of the east, and does not the yoke of Rome lie heavy on the shoulders of the world? Listen!
1: There was silence for a moment on the slopes of Peacefield, and then over the encircling hills a cool wind brought the sound of chains clanking in prisons and galleys the sighing of millions of slaves, the weeping of wretched women and children, the blows of hammers, nailing people to their crosses. Then the sound passed by the wind, and
3: Uriel spoke again. Power corrupts itself, and might cannot save. The earth is full of ignorant strife, and for this evil there is no cure but the giving of greater knowledge. It is because humans do not understand evil, that they yield themselves to its power. Wickedness is folly and action, and injustice is the error of the blind. It is because humans are ignorant that they destroy one another, and at last themselves. If there were more light in the world, there would be no sorrow. If the great king who knows all things would enlighten the world with wisdom, wisdom to understand his laws and his ways, to read the secrets of the earth and the stars, to discern the workings of the heart of man and the things that make for joy and peace. If he would but send us his messengers as a flame of fire to shine upon those who sit in darkness, how gladly would we go to bring in the new day! We would speak the word of warning and counsel to the erring, and tell knowledge to the perplexed, We would guide the ignorant in the paths of prudence, and the young would sit at our feet and hear us gladly in the school of life. Then folly would fade away as the morning vapour, and the sun of wisdom would shine on all men, and the peace of God would come with the counsel of the angels.
1: A murmur of pleasure followed the words of Uriel and eager looks flashed around the circle of the messengers of light as they heard the praise of wisdom fitly spoken. But there was one among them, on whose face a shadow of doubt rested, and though he smiled, it was as if he remembered something that the others had forgotten.
4: He turned to an angel near him. Part Four Well, who was it to whom you were sent with counsel long ago? Wasn't it Balaam, the son of Beor, as he was riding to meet the king of Moab? And didn't even the dumb beast profit more by your instruction than the man who rode him? And and who was it that was called the wisest of all men, having searched out and understood the many inventions that are found under the sun? It was Solomon. He was a prince of fools and philosophers. He was unable by much learning to escape weariness of the flesh and despair of the spirit, wasn't he? What did he say? Knowledge also is vanity and vexation. This I know well, because I have dwelt among people and held converse with them since the day when I was sent to instruct the first man in Eden. Then I looked more closely at him who was speaking, and recognised the beauty of the archangel
1: Raphael as it was pictured long ago, a seraph winged, six wings he wore to shade his lineaments divine. The pair that clad each shoulder broad came mantling o'er his breast with regal ornament. The middle pair girt like a starry zone his waist and skirted around his loins and thighs with downy gold and colours dipped in heaven. The third, his feet shadowed from either heel with feathered male and sky-tinctured grain, like Maia's son, he stood and shook his plumes, that heavenly fragrance filled the circuit wide. He spoke on, while the smile on his face deepened into a look of pity and tenderness
4: and desire. Too well I know, too well I know that power corrupts itself and that knowledge cannot save There is no cure for the evil that's in the world but by the giving of more love to men. The laws that are ordained for earth are strange and unequal and the ways where people must walk are full of pitfalls and dangers. Pestilence creeps along the ground and flows into the rivers. Whirlwind and tempest shake the habitations of humans and drive their ships to destruction. Fire breaks forth from the mountains and the foundations of the world tremble but frail is the flesh of man and many are his pains and troubles. His children can never find peace until they learn to love one another and to help one another. Wickedness is begotten by disease and misery. Violence comes from poverty and hunger. The cruelty of oppression is when the strong tread the weak under their feet. The bitterness of pride is when the wise and learned despise the simple. The crown of foolishness is when the rich think that they are God's and the poor, they think that God doesn't exist. Hatred and envy and contempt are the curse of life and for these there is no remedy save love. The will to give and to bless, the will of the King himself who gives to all and is loving unto Every person. But how should the hearts of people be won over to this will? How shall it enter into them and possess them? Even the gods that humans fashions for themselves are cruel and proud and false and unjust. How shall the miracle be wrought in human nature to reveal the meaning of humanity? How shall humans be made like God. At this question, a deep hush
1: fell around the circle, and every listener was still, even as the rustling leaves hang motionless when the light breeze falls away in the hour of sunset. Then, through the silence, like the song of a faraway thrush from its hermitage in the forest, a voice came ringing.
5: I know it. 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 I know
1: it. Clear and sweet. Clear as a ray of light sweeter than the smallest silver bell that rang in the hour of rest, was that slender voice floating on the odorous and translucent air, nearer and nearer it came, echoing down the valley I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it I know it I know I know it I know it I know it, I know it, it I know it I know it, I know
5: it. it, that. it
0: that. part 5
1: <modeled> then from beneath the rounded hills. Among which the brook of bright hopes is born appeared a young angel, a little child with flying hair of gold and green wreaths twined round his shoulders, and fluttering hands that played upon the air and seemed to lift him so lightly that he had no need of wings. As thistle-down, blown by the wind, dances across the water, so he came along the little stream, singing clear above the murmur of the brook. All the angels rose and turned to look at him with wondering eyes. Multitudes of others came flying swiftly to the place from which the strange new song was sounding. Rank within rank, like a garden of living flowers, they stood among the sloping banks of the brook, while the child angel floated into the midst of them, singing,
5: I know it, I know it, I know it. Man shall be made like God because the Son of God shall become a man. At this
1: all the angels looked at one another with amazement and gathered more closely about the child angel as those who hear wonderful news.
5: How can this be? How is it possible that the Son of God should be a man? I do not know. I only know that it is to be.
4: But if he becomes a man... He will be at the mercy of humans. The cruel and the wicked will have power upon him and he will suffer. I know it. And by suffering though he will understand the meaning of all sorrow and pain and he will be able to comfort everyone who cries and even his own tears will be for the healing of sad hearts. And those who are healed by him will learn for his sake to be kind to each other.
0: The young angel went on to explain that by suffering, the Son of God will be able to understand the meaning of all sorrow and pain. And he will be able to comfort everyone who cries and his own tears will be for the healing of sad hearts and that those who are healed by him will learn for his sake to be kind to each other.
3: But if the Son of God is a true man, he must first be a child, simple and lowly and helpless. It may be that he will never gain the learning of the schools. The masters of earthly wisdom will despise him and speak scorn of him.
5: I know it, but in meekness will he answer them, and to those who become as little children, He will give the heavenly wisdom that comes, without seeking to the pure and gentle of heart.
2: But if he becomes a man, evil people will hate and persecute him. They may even take his life if they are stronger than he.
5: I know it. They will nail him to a cross. But when he is lifted up, he will draw all humans to himself, for he will still be the Son of God. And no heart that is open to love can help loving him, since his love for humanity is so great that he is willing to die for them. But how do you know these things? Who are you? I am the Christmas angel. At first I was sent as the dream of a little child, a holy child, blessed and wonderful, to dwell in the heart of a pure virgin, Mary of Nazareth. There I was hidden till the word came to call me back to the throne of the king, and tell me my name, and give me my new message. For this is Christmas Day on earth, and today the Son of God is born of a woman. So I must fly quickly, before the sun rises, to bring the good news to those happy people who have been chosen to receive them.
0: Part 6
1: As he said this, the young angel rose, with arms outspread, from the green meadow of Peacefield, and passing over the bounds of heaven, dropped swiftly as a shooting star toward the night shadow of the earth. The other angels followed him, a throng of dazzling forms, beautiful as a rain of jewels falling from the dark blue sky. But the child angel went more swiftly than the others, because of the certainty of gladness in his heart, and as the others followed him, they wondered who had been favoured and chosen to receive the glad tidings. The multitude of angels thought.
5: It must be the emperor of the world and his counsellors.
1: But the flight passed over Rome.
5: It may be the philosophers and the masters of learning.
1: They thought again, but the flight passed over Athens.
5: Can it be the high priests of the Jews, and the elders, and the scribes?
1: They thought, but the flight passed over Jerusalem it floated out over the hill-country of Bethlehem. The throng of silent angels holding close together, as if perplexed and doubtful, the child angel darting on far in advance as one who knew the way through the darkness. The villages were all still. The very houses seemed asleep, but in one place there was a low sound of talking in a stable, near to an inn. A sound as of a mother soothing her baby to rest. All over the pastures on the hillsides a light film of snow had fallen, delicate as the veil of a bride adorned for the marriage. And as the child angel passed over them, alone in the swiftness of his flight, the pure fields sparkled around him, giving his radiance. And there were in that country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them and about them,
5: and they were sore afraid.
1: And the angel said unto them,
5: Fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all nations. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger.
1: And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God, God, God in, in highest, highest
5: and, and on, on earth, earth goodwill Good men. men.
1: And the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go, even to Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass. So I said within myself that I would also go with the shepherds, even to Bethlehem. And I heard a great and sweet voice, as of a bell, which said, Come. And when the bell had sounded twelve times, I awoke. And it was Christmas morning, and I knew that I had been in a dream, yet it seemed to me that the things which I had heard were
0: true. Thanks for joining us here at Partakers Podcasts. You can also buy our books on Amazon, or through pulp.com, Theology.com Come back
2: every day to hear something to encourage you in your walk as a Christian wherever you are in the world in the
0: 21st century. See you later!